Well, welcome to the Worship Learners Podcast. It is Thursday, June the 25th. We're glad you're here. Daryl, how are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing great. So here's what everybody should know listening is that we've already spent the last 20 minutes talking and you'll hear some of that after this part, but I didn't do a, an intro, so I wanted to make sure I record that. And I like to record the intro with Daryl on because I like to Daryl to, to jump in. So welcome. We're glad you're here. This is episode five for us. Is that right, Daryl? That feels like we've done a lot more. I'm not at this point, man. I think everything is like the quarantine fever. Like you don't know what day it is, so I don't even know what day it is. I don't know what episode we're at. Let's just say, let's just say it's five. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's five. Um, and so, uh, if you're listening to this now, you should know we've not released a single thing, but it's coming. And so you'll be able to catch all of these all at, at one fell swoop, probably. But we do have some time sensitive stuff. I really want to get out. And what you haven't heard yet, but you're about to hear, is Daryl's hot take on Father's Day, which is also time sensitive since that was just this past Sunday. So uh, we're getting on it. Daryl's creating some logos for us, and we're gonna we're gonna drop some some podcasts here shortly. For sure. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you should go check out Daryl's other podcast, which is phenomenal. Uh, it is the um, the quintessential design creative type podcast. Uh, so you need to check it out. You can check out Daryl at DP Creates. Yeah. DP Creates. DP Creates. And then the podcast is Passion Behind the Art. Right. Passion Behind the Art. I'll say that slower so everybody can get it. So go download that. Check it out. Daryl is dropping some hot content. It's super relevant. It's super fun. So go check it out. Daryl, I love the episode uh, where you told kind of your story, your history, your background. Man, I loved it. It was super encouraging and um, and super insightful just to hear you know your life story. It was cool, man. Just a little snippet of it. So thanks for sharing your sharing your stuff. Yeah, man. Uh, it's a hard one to do, especially when it involves other people. It was hard. I never go lie. Yeah. No, I can only imagine. Um, go check that out. Uh, and then, Daryl, you're also in the midst of doing your calligraphy takeover. Yeah. Um, that has been <laughs> it's, a lot has been going on. And, you know, it's one of them times where you get opportunities and you kind of just take it. I know I'm doing too much. It's not even a question. There are times where you question if you're doing too much. I am doing too much. But there are times and seasons where you got to take on stuff because it may not happen again. This is for such a time as this, as the scripture says, this is where you're at. And you're getting a unique opportunity to just put your voice in a bunch of different places. And honestly, man, I just feel honored that you'd be a part of this with me. Uh, that you know, I get your voice on here, too. So uh encourage everybody to go check out your other stuff but but for here we're here to talk about worship and uh we're here to give some encouragement for worship leaders and uh pastors and worship team members just give a little bit of encouragement from from just our cheap seats and uh, uh hope you find some <laughs> hope you find some encouragement so dude can i ask you a question yeah what's your thoughts on father's day i'm sorry bro. i'm sorry but what's your thoughts on father's day I don't think I have a whole lot of thoughts about Father's Day. I mean, uh, obviously, Mother's Day and Father's Day were made up by like okay. Hallmark or some greeting card company, right, to sell product. I don't. <laughs> um, but I don't. I don't know. What What, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I'm just. I mean, I'm grateful for my family. 
was like outside of my family. Like if I didn't have my family, like I would think Father's Day was a day tell to tell men how to good be a good man. Instead of a celebration. Like oh. I'm tired of Father's Day just being like a day to tell men how to be men instead of celebrating fathers. Jeez. Drives me crazy, bro. It's <laughs> like this is how you be a good man. Like, I know a lot of good fathers. I mean, I feel like for the most part, like, I feel like that's, I'm borderline, like, thinking, like, this father absence is borderline propaganda. Because I feel like all I'm surrounded by, and maybe that's my problem. All I'm surrounded by is a that's, lot of By the way, that's dads. awesome. What a blessing. Now, my mom's generation? I can't say yes about that. I mean, that's probably very true for their generation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like for me and my peers and people that I'm around, they may not be in right standing with the mom, but as far as being a dad... All I see is a good fathers, but I just it yeah. drives me crazy, man. Well, I think that's like that's 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 the key to knowing your audience, right? Is, especially like from a church standpoint, because I assume that's what you're getting at. It's like you go to church and they just like beat you over the head as a dad, and it's like I feel like that is a one place I would like to not. I mean, like, yes. like it's all it's it's not only church though; it's everywhere. But I also don't want to hear it in church. Yeah, I don't want. I want. I, I want it to be a celebration. Yeah. Like and and I feel like if I didn't have my wife and kids, like I would I would not celebrate Father's Day because they literally they celebrate. Me. Yeah, I was now I will say that my family like made me feel just so like yeah, loved they, and they celebrate me. Yeah, and that's amazing. But it's just like, gosh darn it! I really wanted to do a rant on Sunday, but <laughs> I really wanted to post a rant on my Facebook personal page. Because I was just like, what the heck, man? No, nothing good comes out of Facebook rants, Daryl. Don't do it. Like, <laughs> I, really wanted, I really wanted to, but as you can see... This is your platform. This is your platform, Daryl. Let it go, man. Just let it out. This I is the place. Not, I did not do it, but I was just like, come on. like. Now, here's what I would say, too. Like, it's It's so true that like the dudes that you know at church and the guys we're surrounded by, not only are they good dads, but they also probably already carry enough of a burden you know trying to be the men they're supposed to be like trying to don't like wipe out the the the, the stigma we all yes. try to wipe out the stigma and it's just That's like right. and it's hard it's hard being a dad don't like heap another burden on me like, you know like like i don't i mean maybe there's a couple of men in there in the in church that needed to hear that message but i'm gonna tell you right now and i'm not gonna say i didn't get any good nuggets but I did not need to hear it on Father's Day. You, I was going to say, you closed it down, too. When, I did. You, when he started, you were like, no, I'm never gonna, I mean, I did get some good nuggets, some stuff I need to kind of definitely look into a little bit more. But I really, no, just ego-wise, I kind of probably just wanted to be celebrated. Yeah, I no doubt. No celebrated. doubt. <laughs> <Sorry>. No doubt. <laughs> well, I, uh, you know, I completely understand that. I, I, as you say that, like I said, I, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it because it's just sort of like, I am a father. Like, oh, whatever. But you're right. I've been a part of that. Our church didn't, we didn't, we, 
said happy father's day we thanked the men and then our message was totally off, off. it wasn't oh, yeah, about that so. what even about men yeah no we have a summer series going that we just didn't even like dive into men which was which is nice i'll say so I'm sorry, sorry for doing it. Uh, no, this is a safe space. You and me and the five listeners will will not roast you for this at all. I promise. So, you, you, I'm gonna run banter after this that you, we've already recorded. So we're just gonna jump right in, and um, we're gonna talk about some songs. So coming up right now is our song spotlight. So Daryl, we we decided that this was the easiest segment for us to put together because there's always <laughs> a song. I mean, there's always. Just, too many in fact we could just run the whole podcast talking about songs right that is a fact i just feel like there's so many good songs both past and present uh right now uh such a wealth of of material and um voices to offer to our churches and our congregations so many different uh, topics are covered in worship and so many different ways to give our voice and our praise to jesus uh, it's it's from that standpoint, it's quite a time to be alive. We have the depth of hundreds of years of history in in great hymnology, but we also have these new writers who are putting out great timely music. So, um, so Daryl, I'll stop talking. Tell me what song that you have. What's the song that's uh, hitting you right now? All right. So one of the songs was um, "Never Lost a Battle." Okay. By Elevation. Okay. And. Um, you know, there's 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 the the main part that says you can do all things, but fail, because you never lost a battle. That's good. Never lost a battle. It's just you know you just always. This is one of the songs that you think about and you kind of it, it gives you an opportunity to roll back and say okay. Nah, because, this is true because like all these battles that the Lord has brought you through and from scripture down to your own personal life. And then it also is also telling you these current battles that you're in. Once God is with you, he's never lost the battle. So put it in his hands and the future battles. He's telling you, listen, he's never lost the battle. That's right. So it's just, it's just, you know, it's just a powerful song. Oh, that's good. Well, we'll play a clip. Well, my song I am bringing is uh, Another One in the Fire by Hillsong. Mm. I think I brought a couple of Hillsongs recently, but do you know another in the fire? Yes. Yes. So it really goes hand in hand with what you were just talking about. It's another great song to remind you that, dude, in the midst of the fight, in the midst of the battle, and you know, this one, the obviously the title and the, the lyrics uh, call back to Daniel. Uh, not Daniel, Daniel. but uh, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's right. 
the three Hebrew boys when they were thrown into the into the fiery furnace and they looked in and said there's another one and it looks like the son of man and so uh, just the reminder that no matter the the trials the hardships the battle man like Jesus is always right there with you and um, another one in the fire standing next to me another one in the waters holding back the sea should I ever need reminding how I've been set free there's a cross that bears the burden where another died for me there's another in the fire so I would say that song is fire. It is. Totally agree. Love that song. There is another in the fire Standing next to me There is another in the waters Holding back the seas And should I ever need reminding What power set me free There is a grave that holds no Alright, well, we're going to move it right along to our Worship Ready resource. We're going to talk about a resource to help you with your planning and preparing for worship. So, that's upcoming. For our Worship Ready resource this week, uh, it'll be a little different. So what we've given you a lot of times is some online tools in the last couple episodes. Some online tools that you can use. But this week, I want to recommend a book. And this is not a a new book, but is a book that uh, was instrumental in helping me kind of formulate the way I lead, the way I think about church, uh, who I consider, just kind of how I operate as a worship leader. And uh, it's a book called Deep and Wide by Andy Stanley. Now, Andy Stanley can be a bit controversial to some people, depending on where you're at. Some of us Southern Baptist folks have some issue with Andy Stanley. I can't figure it out myself because I love the guy. <laughs> He's been really helpful in my ministry. But um, and, and what I would say, though, is this book, Deep and Wide, I don't agree with everything in it. I really don't. He, he has a very specific approach to how he led uh, North Point Church in Atlanta and Alpharetta. Uh, very specific, the way that God called him. And, uh, you know, he's reaching lots of young folks in the metro Atlanta area. So it's awesome. Um, But just because it worked for him doesn't mean that's what everybody else should do. But what I would say is uh, there's little more valuable than learning from other people's experiences. Like, just listen. Listen to what people have experienced. And doesn't mean you have to copy them or take everything away, but you can gain insight and wisdom from other people's experiences. And that's really what Deep and Wide is. is It's Andy's telling of the story of how he began North Point, their specific approach to ministry, how they create environments, how they plan worship. And uh, it's everything from the overview to the nuts and bolts. And um, it was just huge for me to, uh, to help me think about how I plan and lead worship. Have you ever read this book, Daryl? I've heard of it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of Andy Stanley. And something you touched on, I just kind of want to elaborate a little bit. I just feel like a lot of times when we get information or content on something, like when we come upon something that we don't necessarily agree with, I'm not talking about something that's just downright not biblical. You know what I mean? Just We're not talking about sin, but something that you just not 
don't do or you don't think that's your thing. I feel like we got to learn as people to know how to take what's for you and leave the rest. And not just because you hear something, okay, let me throw it all out. I can't do this because I don't agree with every last thing. If we agree with everything that each other do, like that is, can you imagine what type of world that is? Like the, 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 the idea of us not agreeing or just seeing what you can get from something, what's for you, like information in all actuality. Everything, when you get information from anything, all of it is not supposed to be for you. That's right. You know what I mean? Because because not everything is going to speak to you. Don't think about it as that. Think about when you go, go for that one nugget that is for you and keep on going. There's only one thing in this world that will always be for you. That's right. And initially it won't be, but it's the Bible. Yeah, that's right. Right. That's the only thing. And and over time and even with that, over time, more of it becomes for you as you dive deeper into it. Mm-hmm. But even with the Bible, initially, everything, you know what I mean? You don't even understand it sometimes or like you're at the point in your life that you don't want to stop doing something that the Bible is telling you to stop doing. So you got to understand how to take information. Not everything is going to always down to the T, you're going to agree with everything. But I'm definitely a fan of understanding. That's a great point, Daryl. I mean, we feel like we live in a world where you have to pick a side and you only get to be on one side or the other. And it's just a poor way to live. Like, especially when you're talking about other fellow believers, like other brothers and sisters in Christ. Like, if we have to start picking sides and throwing stones at other people, we've crossed the line into unbiblical territory. Facts. So, uh, yeah. That, so, all that to say, yeah, you, you don't have to love everything everybody says. In fact, if you do, you should probably check yourself. Uh, because if you, you're you holding on to everything one person says, then, yeah, you've, you've followed, other than Jesus, you've followed the wrong person. So, um, so true. But all that to say, uh, regardless of what you might think about Andy Standy, I'd encourage you to read read his words uh, in deep and wide, and um, and then you know hold it up against what you do, what you currently do, and um, you know maybe it changes what you do, maybe it solidifies what you're already doing. But regardless, I think it's a really good challenging book. Uh, it will help you think specifically. What it helped me think about was those who might enter the church doors, who aren't familiar with our vernacular, who aren't familiar with anything church-related, because on any given Sunday, somebody might come into church for the very first time. I mean, that's awesome. The last thing I want to do is confuse or alienate that person. And so uh, it's just like we talked about uh, our last podcast, keeping in mind those people who are watching online. This is a similar conversation. Keep in mind those who might be coming to church for the very first time, who are just looking for an inviting atmosphere, and who because of the atmosphere that you're creating, the environment that you're helping to craft might actually have an encounter with the living God for the very first time. And so uh, that's what Deep and Wide did for me. It's a great book. Uh, nothing new about it. Uh, it's been out for, I don't even know when it came out, probably like, I don't know, 10 years or more. But um, but check it out, Deep and Wide by Andy Stanley. And you know, one other thing I just want to say is like a good, like for the information like those, I feel like, kind of have to know 
or as much as possible who you are as a ministry to kind of create your standards your your values your what you're good at um, who are the people that you're serving at your ministry because what that does is when you now take in information those those core values those things of who you are as a ministry becomes a filter for the information that you take in yeah so that will allow you to say okay that's for me that's not for me that's for me that's for not for me and it's it's it helps because if you don't know who you are you don't know what information is really for you and you end up doing you read andy stanley's book you take that information and you go to a conference or something or you listen to this spot you hear this thing you listen to this podcast and you take that and all of a sudden you stop doing what andy stanley tell you to do and you take that you go to another place you hear this you stop doing that and you keep because so it's very important that you kind of have who you are what you stand for what kind of atmosphere you're trying to create as a ministry starting with the pastor and then when you take information those things become like a filter yeah for that's you. right yeah no that's that's a great point knowing who your ministry is and then also knowing the people you serve i think we've talked about that multiple times but it's just so important to know who you're talking to who's the people in your congregation that you're serving if you don't know them then you can't serve well you got to know who you're serving and yeah you're right that creates a paradigm through which you filter everything else that you would sure. take in so that's or great. ideally if you're just starting out who you would like to serve. that's right yeah and you know as a worship pastor a lot of times you're not in charge of the overall vision casting or the vision setting so if you know you're not the one to set that you need to know it you need to talk to the pastor and ask those questions what's our identity who are we um, you know, what are those core values? What are the identifiers that set us apart that make us who we are? Know those inside and out. And then your role as that second chair uh, leader as a worship pastor or a, or a secondary role is to support that, to bolster that vision and to lead into it, to help further it, not to buck against it. Although sometimes, you know, there's some, you know, you can have tension in the, in the working relationship, but ultimately you've been hired, you've been brought on, God's brought you into that to help support the vision that the pastor or the leadership team has created. So, um, you know, keep that in mind. That's a whole nother can of worms that we can go into. Vital, vital, vital. Yeah. yeah that's some vital stuff. Though. Yeah. That's good. All right. So deep and wide, Andy Stanley, we're going to keep this thing rolling. Uh, and we're going to talk, uh, we're going to start our, our series, which is really the whole reason we started this podcast or the whole reason that I kind of thought about this podcast was to talk about this worship toolbox that that's been instrumental in uh helping me so that's coming up next worship toolbox we're finally going to get to it after we've been talking about it for like four weeks we're going to do it daryl we're going to dive in are you ready let's do it let's do it <laughs> Toolbox. It's what I call it. I don't really have a better term for it. I'm sure there should be something more creative. But the worship toolbox is what I think about uh, when I am 
planning worship. And where this came from is the first church I was at, the pastor, we used to sit down and plan worship together. And it was awesome. He would say like, okay, how can we communicate creatively the message that we're going to be talking about? And uh, as a young worship pastor, I really didn't know. I was like, oh, we'll sing some songs. But he was like, think bigger, think broader. And so he encouraged me. He said, why don't you create a toolbox of just things that you can use to help lead worship? So default is music. And we're going to spend time talking about that today, the music side of things. That's just kind of the default and a hugely important part. It's scriptural. Uh, We're commanded to sing and sing new songs and to sing heartily unto the Lord. That's just, that's a part of the people of God for, you know, since time began. Sure. But, uh, and we're going to talk about that today in more in depth, but as we go through this series, we're going to hopefully explore some uh, ideas and some thoughts of different types of ways you can help people encounter God, um, help people express their love to God, help people retain what's being taught through Scripture, all of those kind of things. Because keep in mind, not everybody, I think, by and large, a lot of people, but not everybody connects well to music. Not everybody's musical. Not everybody can sing. Uh, there are some people who are a lot more cerebral, maybe, or who are more tactile that you have to consider in your congregation, and you want to be able to try to like work with them and meet those type of needs. Now, you can't meet every need, but just keeping them in mind can help you um, to... to uh, to reach people in a unique way. So that's what the worship toolbox really is all about is how can we best communicate to this wide variety of people? How can we help them retain what's being taught? How can we help them connect to God in unique ways? And so thinking through a toolbox and having different items will help you each week, like go through that toolbox each week and say, what might work this week? What might work well? What does this service or this series or this topic lend itself well to, uh, to use? So, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff in the next um, 37 weeks, Daryl. 37. I'm just kidding. I don't know how many weeks it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> but to start it off, we're going to just talk about music. So, Daryl, what's your earliest recollection of just music in general? Do you have like Do you have like a pivotal moment where you remember connecting to music in general? Was there like a song that you can remember hearing for the first time that like? changed your world dude um my connection to music started dancing yeah that is where i was not i would i would say i was naturally gifted that was my connection to music sing <laughs> you know what i love about this podcast is i had no idea that this is so awesome <laughs> like, seriously <to> <laughs> like i could countless dancing competitions that I've won and just like from like something organized to like the street battles and like but that was my natural music connection wait now don't bury the lead here are you like a pop and lock kind of guy you, yeah. are you a break dancer well, I, I, I don't spin on my head alright I'm, I'm not quite skilled in that part but almost everything else I can handle but um that was my natural connection to music. That was like me. That was in me. That was singing was something that, to be honest, I can't pinpoint like where the singing part came in. It was something that 
I kind of fell into. Like, I never... And that's, like, at the age of, like, probably someone asking me to sing. That's probably at the age of, like, like 13 or, or 12. That's where singing... But that was... Like, I had to literally learn to sing. I had to listen to people. I had to learn that part. I felt like that's one thing in, like, art, drawing, and dancing, math. Those were my three natural things. But singing, I felt like I had to learn it. I had to, like, people, like, someone would say, oh, you, you've been singing. That's just part of you. No, I mean, it probably is. My mom used to sing. My sister can sing. One of my sisters can really sing. But, like, for me personally, I never really, like, if you ask 12-year-old or 11-year-old or 10-year-old Daryl, you you would be singing in church or singing in front of people or stuff like that. I'd have been like, if you tell me, I would have been like, no way. If you told me I would be dancing in front of people, I would definitely see that as a thing. But singing, that, like, mm. my music connection was, that came as gradually doing it. That's when that that connection with singing and music, as I did it more, the connection grew. Gotcha. Yeah, when I was growing up, uh, singing wasn't cool, and like, so we had chorus in in elementary school, or we had like at church we had to do these like kids plays. It just wasn't cool. Like nobody wanted to do it. It was just like so you know if you liked it, that was like kind of like kind of <laughs> weird, you know like. Well you, well, you actually like singing these songs? So I think I had just a natural aversion mm. to it at that point. It was like, oh, okay, nobody thinks it's cool. I'm not going to sing either. Uh, and I can't really remember what the flip was. How I mean, I just remember being a teenager and like I got asked to sing a song. And I don't know why that actually even came about. But from that point, I just loved it. I mean, I always loved to sing. Of course, my whole goal going way back was to be a rock star like that's what i want to do i want to play guitar i want to be in a band i wanted to play mm. rock and roll that was my whole thing and it just so happened i could sing so that was just like another like if i could play guitar and i could sing oh uh, there's my role i can be the front man in the band right, you know right, right. Or whatever that's interesting but but yeah but let me back up and say my earliest recollection of songs one was europe's the final countdown I don't know if you know that song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was one of the first songs I remember, like, rocking my world. And the other one, I was sitting at a a live nativity thing uh, in Christmas time. I was probably seven, maybe six or seven. And somebody had on their Walkman, and he was like, you got to check this out. And he gives it to me, and it's LL Cool J's I Need Love. (laughs) I had never heard rap. I had never heard anything like it, and dude, it changed my <laughs> life. I was like, "What is this?" That's crazy. It That's was... crazy. To this day, if I hear that song, I can be back in that very same spot with those headphones. I remember the headphones, everything about it. It's just crazy. It's, so, yeah, that it's funny to say. Like, I'm trying to pinpoint the song. I'm almost certain that it's for those who haven't listen to the previous episodes like i am jamaican i was born in jamaica so it would definitely have to be some reggae song that i listened to it's got to be bob marley or something you know if and i'm not joking bob marley is pretty darn good but i really appreciated the the quality of music and 
the 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 value of Bob Marley's songs as I got older. Like we knew yeah. who Bob Marley was, of course. Like he put us on the map, right? And you respected everything about Bob Marley. But I'm pretty sure it was probably like some song that, like, as a, a, a now as a Christian man, I have I've I should not probably not listen to. I should be listening to it. <laughs> but like the rhythm and reggae music, like it does it did something for me. Like, it just got my body... Like, I was always into music. It's just the aspect of singing was something that I never really... I had to get into. But, like, music in itself, because of the dance connection. So once I hear music, it gets me my blood pumping. So music has always been my thing, though. I always enjoyed music. Yeah. Now, from a church music standpoint... um, I grew up, Daryl, with, it was strictly hymns. So we had a piano player and an organist, and we sang out of hymns, and we sang, you know, hundreds of year old hymns. And then when I was 15 or 16, like, started getting sort of these, like, whispers of these new songs, choruses, and then, like, and then it was Shout to the Lord dropped. Do you know Shout to the Lord? Which version are we talking about? It's like, (laughs) The one I know is Darlene Sheck, man. Okay, uh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, the, the classic, the classic. Yes, the classic, and I remember hearing that for the first time, and there again it was like mind blown. I'd never heard anything like it. It just was, I mean, this was not piano and organ. This was a full band, and like these words were just so descriptive and like it changed the game again for me. And, and, and I feel like I was on that cusp of, I guess what we would call now, like the modern worship movement, I guess. I don't know what you even call it, but when things kind of change and and then worship, uh, you know, Hillsong, Hillsong United, all of those worship musicians started making records and that just really wasn't a thing beforehand. There was like Christian music, but it wasn't like a worship genre. And then for me, you know, for me, I went from like, listening to reggae music to giving my heart to christ to listening to gospel music which yeah. is which is a whole different genre i have no idea why like it's all music about god but that's another day another another conversation but like i was listening to gospel music i what really introduced me to like what would you call it christian contemporary is that what you would call it yeah yeah, CCM, Christian Contemporary Music. What kind of introduced me to that and took me down a rabbit hole to the point where I got to know Hillsong was Avalon. Oh, yeah, I remember Avalon. You remember Avalon? Avalon opened that door for me, and I was like, okay, this is pretty cool, and learned all the other stuff. So, But, yeah, most of the time I was with the, the gospel. Kirk Franklin and Mary, Mary saved me during my teenage years, man. Ah, oh, gotcha. I was wondering if it was like Fred Hammond and some of those guys. Fred Hammond, yeah. Kirk Franklin. Somebody, the... So it was Fred Hammond, Kirk Franklin, because Kirk, that was like the hippest thing ever. Stomp, Kirk Franklin, yeah, b- back in the days. It, it just revolutionized gospel music. Um, yeah. and, 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 and Mary Mary. So Fred Hammond, Kirk Franklin, Mary Mary, a little bit of Donnie, um, Smokey Norfolk. Like that dude can sing. That's some deep cuts. I don't know. I don't know Smokey. 
<laughs> but yeah, uh, Fred Hammond was probably one of my favorite. Um, no Weapon was one of probably one of my favorite songs of all time. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Oh, Fred's OG. He's still doing it. Still doing it, man. It's crazy. But so so the whole thing is let's talk about music though and the role that it plays in church. I mean, we can talk about what it's played in our lives. And as a listener, you know the role it's played in your life. Uh, if you're involved in worship ministry, obviously you have this connection to music. What does it do for our church? What does it do for congregations? And so, like, why? Why do we sing? You know, Scripture, uh, that's one of the things that Scripture talks about is singing. It's what the Psalms are. They are songs. Uh, obviously, they would be significantly different than what we do uh, as far as uh, the musicality of it will be way different. But that was, and I can't even imagine singing as they did. Oh my gosh. I think they have some churches that actually do that. Oh, I'm sure. But there's just this intrinsic connection that we have yeah. to music. Uh, it gives a way to verbalize things that we otherwise might not be able to. The so deepest, darkest, and the most celebratory emotions can all come out in this gift of music. Uh, and it's something that, you know, we didn't invent music didn't come from us. It came from God himself. And so we can trust that it's also something that moves God and it's something that God enjoys. He invites us to sing to him. Uh, so, you know, it's what a, what a cool privilege that God invites us to do that. So true, man. And so the role of music in church could be uh, multiple. It, 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 it or, or varied. So one is that we uh, create music that people can join in and sing along. The idea is to get a congregation in one voice singing this same song to the Lord. And it could be, you know, specific to a season or a topic or something that's going on in your church and you get everybody in one voice singing this same song. It's a really unique unifying opportunity. Um, but there's also times when maybe you sing a song over your congregation as a blessing, right. uh, i.e. Mm -hmm. the song, the blessing that you brought to us a couple weeks yeah. ago. That's one of those that's yeah. like, let me just sing this over you and you just soak in. Now you can sing along, don't mm -hmm. get me wrong, but, um, but there are songs like that. Uh, songs have a unique opportunity of encouragement also, like, like I can't count the number of times I've been riding in a car feeling down or whatever. And just the right song comes and lifts my spirit, you know? And so, you know, not only inviting people to sing in unity, but you can also bring this gift of encouragement through music to people in a way that sometimes the spoken word doesn't convey. Um, and I think it also kind of creates, and it's funny you say that where the spoken, it kind of creates a safe place. Because to just go up and talk about something or even a testimony or something, it's kind of nerve-wracking at times. But make a song about that. It just creates this, this safe way of expressing what is going on, the hurt, the victory, the storm, the winds, without talking. And, it's, it, and the communication is such a, a a a emotional one but at the same time it it kind of lets our guard down mm -hmm. yeah no i agree um i we were talking earlier about writing and recording daryl and i were and uh daryl you said it like it gives you a safe space like i find that a lot of times the music that i write i say things or i am able to express things that i just don't know how to like verbalize just in conversation so it's just this great outlet um, 
Yeah, and and so put that in the church context. It also, as you know your congregation, and as you know the season of life your congregation is in, you can help give that same privilege to them. Did they write the words? No, True. but they can make it their own. Uh, just to mm-hmm. call back to the, the songs, you know, Never Lost a Battle that you brought up. Imagine giving that to somebody who's in the midst of the battle and mm-hmm. letting them remind themselves and God remind them, man, God's never lost a battle. You're in the battle right now. Guess what? You're victorious because God is always mm-hmm. victorious. Just what a privilege. It's an awesome opportunity to be able to lend that to somebody as worship leaders and as worshipers. So. Yeah, it's, I feel like we underestimate how important a music and a song is to our faith, to our faith in general. But like how we were talking about churches, like knowing who is in the audience, knowing what the congregation is made up of. Like if you if sixty percent of your congregation is older than forty or older than forty five, going up to fifty, like um, singing all the new contemporary songs is not gonna be as beneficial as you think. Like you wanna be singing songs that like you wanna have a balance. So I remember one time I was in church and I was in a church and it was like this 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 battle of the young and old song. Right, the young and old song. And the older folks wanted to hear their hymns and the young people wanted to hear modern and as one of the leaders in the, the music, like you you have to kinda realize that listen it's not about necessarily the songs that I like to hear or whatever the case may be. Like worship, a time of worship is for the whole church to join in. And so we had to meet everyone halfway. We, 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 we balanced it out. We may not have done a hymn, but we did a song, an old song. You know what I mean? But that one of the most magical things that happened for me is that is the ability to do an old song, but just recreate the music. Same melody, but recreate the music for the arrangement for that song. And you would do some old songs, some old songs, and just modernize the music. You don't lose the melody because that that is still relatable. But then you will be able to put certain arrangements in the song. And once we learned to do, we started doing that, we we were ready to do any song. We were ready to do any song. So I think it's very important to understand yeah. that the whole word worship experience is for everyone. It's not for you yes. to get the older folks modern, and it's not for you to to get younger people to 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 gravitate to hymns. It's for yeah. as the leader to create an atmosphere that everyone can join in. The word you used was balanced, and I think that's such an important word. You're right. just uh, Because I think a lot of times, especially younger guys and even my age guys, we kind of think like, ugh, I don't want to try to do that old hymn. It's old. It's it's like crusty. You know, I don't want to try to dust that thing off. But you got to remember, like, the folks that have connected to that, like, that's that's like a song of their heart. And mm-hmm. for you to just, like, deny them that opportunity, you're just robbing them of this – 
you know, like of their expression and their opportunity to offer their song to the Lord sure. in, in, in service of what? In service of yourself, in service of trying to be younger and hipper? I, you know, what, what are you gaining from that? And so, yeah, we'll talk about it a lot, but worship has got to be a service. Like, you know, if, if there's certain songs you want to sing, man, you can sing anything in your car. <laughs> so if those are the songs you want to sure. do, do in your car, but when you are serving your congregation, man, just keep them in mind and, and present them a balanced, um, uh, you know, a balanced opportunity. Here's the other thing too, about those older hymns is that new songs are great. And so many of them have some great theology, but don't forget like old songs have great words, great poetry, well written, mm. like just deep and rich with truth about who God is. You know, I want you guys know those old hymn books. I don't have to call them. Y'all know the whole hymn books. I want anyone who's listening to this. If you haven't done this, look at who writes these hymns and read the backstory of how these hymns came about. Yes. Some of the stories behind these hymns will make your heart crumble. Yeah, just some of the ways their faith displayed through the songs, and yeah. Oh my God! Some of these hymns—it's crazy. I—I I can't remember what hymn it was, but I was hearing the backstory the other day, and it was like out of someone killing, how out of his. All his daughters. Oh, this is it is dying. well with my soul. This is Horatio Spafford. Yep. Yes, it is well. That's the oh one. My Horatio gosh, Spafford, dude. Who lost his whole family. Lost his business in the Great Fire of Chicago. Lost his folks on a um, on a boat on a trip. Yeah. It's crazy. And the song that is birthed out of losing everything is "It Is yeah. Well with My Soul." So I would say, and th- there are countless stories. Amazing Grace. Dude, no don't even get started about that one, right? <laughs> but go read the story behind these people that wrote these songs. And you will have, for me, it gave me a greater appreciation. Now I don't ever want, I may never sing another hymn, but I don't ever want to lose sight of the value it is to everything that we do. You don't want to just leave behind. That's for sure. Um, And in the vein of balance too, not just old versus new, but also I want to encourage a balanced, um, uh, balanced diet of, of who God is. So here's the truth is we could sing from now into eternity and still not scratch the surface to who, as to who God is. Right. But there are certain things that we know to be true, like the sovereignty of God. God is in control overall. Uh, the salvation of God. So God's redemptive plan through Jesus, uh, the future hope we have in Jesus. There's you know, the, the second coming that we look forward to. All of those things, there's just so many different parts that Scripture lays out for us. And sometimes we uh, kind of tunnel vision into one aspect of God. Or, or, or maybe we just uh, tunnel vision into our praise of God. And uh, I would encourage just as you plan a set and as you plan a season of songs that you consider, am I really given a full picture of God? Uh, are there aspects that are important to our faith that I might be living, leaving out? Um, have I, 
and this is personal, but I, I think it's important. Uh, one of the things that I want to do every week is at some point, I want to make sure we point to Jesus' sacrifice on the cross in some way because that's our salvation and it's our our sustenance as a christian it's the cornerstone it's it absolutely the cornerstone. Is. And, and i need to be reminded every week and so i want to help my congregation remember every week and so at some point i want a song that that's the central theme um i want a song that's that's praise god for uh being above and mighty and awesome and transcendent i want one of those songs you know there's certain songs that i want each week um, but anyway, all that to say is that as you plan, I, I don't, there's a, we could talk for hours about what that might look like, but just balance, I think is a great term for tonight. Daryl is just plan with balance in mind. Remember your congregation and plan balance to who your congregation is. Remember who God is and balance as best you can. These, um, these characteristics and the truth of who God is and his redemptive story balance in planning. Yes. Simply just have intent to your content. Man, that's so strong. Can we get that on a t-shirt, Daryl? <laughs> have intent to your content is so good. Yeah, because, and, and just to, I'll wrap this up, I promise, but it is easy to sort of default to, oh, that's a good song. It's got a good We've beat. done, we've all done it at some point. Yeah, for sure. Oh, what? I need a fast song. I need a slow song. You know, like, that's, that's not bad, but maybe we go a little deeper <laughs> than the tempo of the song. So uh, I, I don't pretend that, that leading a full set of songs 52 weeks out of the year is easy, by the way. I, I think that it is, uh, it's difficult to, to sing familiar songs, but not people get tired of songs because we have short right, attention sure. spans nowadays. Um, uh, you, you know, there's just a lot to, to consider as a worship leader. And so, purpose of this is not to add extra burden it's really to encourage and say hey think think big think outside of what you might normally do and see what god can how he can elevate your your worship experiences on sundays so okay i've talked a lot and we're running over the hour mark daryl do you got anything else you want to say about music and the role it plays the more you think about it with who we are singing to in mind um you know and who so who we're singing to which is ultimately god and who in terms of the congregation who is there once we start are sensitive to those things there are times where there's that one song in your church that you know once you sing it the church is on one accord when it comes to worship and there are times where you may sing that song for in three months, like six times in three months. But the goal is to be on one accord. So I feel like if we we aim for that, um, that may mean singing the same a song that you sang before. You know what I mean? That may mean singing a chorus of a very old hymn but it's familiar to everyone and it's perfect for the time. Um, do it. Because once we're on one accord, you know, for lack of a better word, magical things can That's happen. Right. Yeah, you know, that was Jesus' prayer, right? Before uh, before he went to the cross was, uh, Father, may, my, may your people be one just as you and I are one. It was a prayer for unity. Thanks. And so 
And man, our world needs nothing more than some unity right now. And imagine <laughs> if the people of God decided to be the people who led the way in unification. Led the way. Well, be encouraged as you plan uh, that music, uh, this gift of, of God, um, can really be used by him to move people into a deeper relationship with him. It can help people uh, lock in the truth of the word into their hearts. Uh, I know in our family, we sing a lot of scripture songs because my wife grew up doing that. And so there are songs that she's taught me, even in our marriage, that we lock into and in a certain time, she'll bring, it, bring up that song. And it's, it's just, it's something that helps the truth of the scripture be locked into our hearts and our minds in specific times. And so um, it's a sacred role that you have as a worship leader to offer that to your congregation. So uh, be blessed. And um, I think we can all say uh, thanks be to God for this great gift of music. Amen to that. All right. Well, we're going to wrap things up with a final scripture thought and, um, and then we'll be done for this episode. Our summer series for our church uh, our little church plant is through uh, Psalm 23. So we're actually spending the entire summer on the uh, on that one chapter, Psalm 23. Very familiar. I think it's really appropriate for the time that we're in, um, in our world, in our lives. And so I'm just going to read this scripture and then we're going to wrap it up here. So this is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23. And I say amen. Amen, amen. Well, we're so glad that you joined us. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Worship Learners Podcast. Remember, uh, leaders are learners, and as worship leaders, we want to be always learning. And uh, so join us back next week. We're going to continue our series talking about some of the worship leading toolbox some creative tools that you can use uh, be blessed be encouraged daryl thanks again for jumping on this has been awesome man always good to be you know i would can talk about worship all day every day all right well with that we will see you next time peace